Hi, I'm Caleb Matthews. And I'm Mary Huffnagel. And welcome to the What's My Therapist Reading Podcast. We read books so you can decide what's right for you. And today we are reading uh, a book called Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. Uh, she is a phenomenal therapist. Hopefully you've heard of her before. She's given so many TED Talks. Uh, she's also um, has her own podcast Two. called- Two podcasts. Yeah. Where should we begin? And then what's the other one? How's work. How's work. Yeah. So uh, one is about couples therapy and it's just like such a good behind the curtain podcast because you just get to hear her talk about all of the uh, amazing work that she does, but it's like you get to see the work being done with the couples. So you're just like a fly on the wall in these sessions. And it's such a cool way to experience what therapy is actually like. Yeah. How's work is also a similar format. Um, you get to hear, listen to the work happening and she breaks in and kind of talks about what's going behind, going on behind the scenes and how she does her work. Yeah. Um, and, and it's people who come with a presenting issue of a, a struggle in their work environment. And she loops this back to early, our early relationships and our family of origin and how those sort of impact how we interact in our work environment, in addition to our relation, our romantic relationships. So yeah, it's she's both, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. She's, she is so good. I also want to like, uh, we'll put links to all of this in the notes. So if you're interested in looking into, uh, where should we begin or how's work, mm -hmm. that'll be there. There's also a really great game that she invented. That's oh, also yeah. called, where should we begin? That's like so much fun. If you're a therapist, you can play with your other therapist friends or you can, uh, <laughs> play it with uh, clients or anyone really that you want to have a better relationship with. So highly recommend Esther Perel, but let's dive into uh, the book. So to summarize for today, we're going to kind of give you one big idea or takeaway that each of us had. So Mary, what big idea did you latch on to? Yeah, the big idea for me uh, was separateness is a precondition for connection. And um, I really love how she just sort of explains, you know, we need both in a relationship. We need our, our individual independent selves. There has to be two eyes in order for there to be a we. Yeah. Um, and, you know, oftentimes when we get into relationships, we, we might move like all into the we and it becomes we everything and we lose that um, separateness piece. And that can throw things off balance, just like too much separateness can throw things off balance. Um, and so one of the therapists in our group has this really lovely like bridge metaphor for talking about how um, that can sort of play out or look and that the relationship is the bridge between. And so, you know, you have yourselves on either side of the relationship and what you're doing and for yourself and then how that impacts the bridge and then what you need to do to keep the bridge intact am i am i doing a good job of this yeah i feel like i <laughs> okay. feel like uh yeah crystal um brought this up as like this bridge metaphor of like mm -hmm. a relationship is just this bridge between you and like you're these two separate entities and you're building the bridge together but like i think i love this idea of like separateness being a precondition for connection because it lets you realize that in order to come together you have to be apart Right. Right. Cause yeah. then, you know, it's like what happens when you're apart is a, is a huge piece of what to connect about. 
Yeah. When you come back together, you know, you have these, all of the things for you to share about what, what's exciting, what you are passionate about, what's hard, what, and like, when you're in that connected space together, that's the, the beauty of relationship is helping each other with our independent growth. Yeah. And it's said incredibly well by Esther Perel. She's just in very well-spoken. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was, that's such a good, big idea. Mine uh, is that love is about having and desire is about wanting. And so one of the things that is, I think, a big theme throughout the whole book is that can you really love something that you feel like you already have, Um, which she does bring up like that you can never really truly own someone else. Um, But that whenever you have the stability of love, um, you lose sometimes the passion of desire because it it feels too safe too stable yeah the thing about desire that feels like exciting arousing is that there's a little bit of uncertainty there right yeah desire is mystery yeah like and it's about the pursuit of like the getting what you want but when you already have it and it's love it so it can be really a challenge in relationships to navigate how to yeah keep both of those pieces alive and recognize that love and passion are related but they're not necessarily the the same thing like maybe they live in the same house but different rooms yeah is that a good metaphor (laughs) well and I love that you're bringing up this because the thing that I want to bring up that I talked about whenever we talked about this in our book club Uh was um there's a really good um graphic novel that has now been turned into an audio drama and has also been turned into a um TV series for Netflix um, called The Sandman. And uh, one of the quotes from The Sandman goes with, I think, what we're talking about right now, which is, um, and it's later on in the graphic novel, so we haven't gotten there yet in the show, but it's, uh, the price of getting what you want is getting what once you only wanted. I, You're going to have to say that one more time. <laughs> the price of getting what you want Mm-hmm. is getting what once you only wanted and like the oh, like once you have it maybe once it's you have not it is great well once you have it you don't want it anymore like you give up the wanting whenever you have yeah and I think that's a really big theme in this book it's and kind of yeah. a recognition about the fact that we actually want to want things yeah. we don't only want to have yeah. what we want we want to want yeah which is that makes sense yeah uh, Yeah. it's so so good but highly recommend Sandman Um, it is super there's lots of trigger warnings for that one so that's gonna take a whole other podcast so I'm just gonna leave that there Um, but uh, let's go into trigger warnings for um, this book yeah um, I think if you're currently struggling in a partnership it can be triggering to read this book because you know she's talking about a lot of I mean, she's talking about pretty much all the main areas that we, that we struggle in, in relationships. And I think like, for example, even that big idea that's so powerful, separateness is a precondition for connection also is very triggering. If you're struggling with either end of that in your relationship, if you're struggling with that being out of balance and you're either getting 
too much separation and no connection or yeah. no separation, like either way, it's going to be hard to, to process like that cognitive dissonance of the fact that we need both and you'll lean more into which one you're not getting. Yeah. Um, any sort of like maybe codependence, like yeah. that doesn't get covered that much in this book, but like, well, I think it that gets, can be maybe triggering. It gets named, but it doesn't yeah. get, um, into the nuance which you know that's something we'll talk about a little later too um and you know i think you know parenthood is another example of one of these elements of a relationship that um if you're struggling with parenting and how to be a parent and also be a partner and the way that parenting sort of takes over the partnership like you might feel too seen in what she says and that feels really feels a little triggering and you may need to pause a break um so you know as always just notice as you're reading what's bringing up things that are too big and give yourself the space yeah and I think she does a good job which we'll get into this in a minute about like outlining the book or like uh -huh. being pretty organized but um the other one that she has a whole chapter on is she brings up um, maybe like how religion affects people, mm -hmm. um, specifically like purity culture and like around sex, um, what it's like um, to, uh, I guess, have that purity instilled into you and then try to have a sexual relationship with somebody like how that might affect you like that that's maybe one of the ways that we're mating in captivity like that's the captivity piece. yeah she certainly challenges um a lot of the messaging purity culture provides surrounding sex and eroticism um which is you know a tough area it's one of the things that's really powerful i think about her work but yeah. if that's not a space that you're ready to dig into it can be really triggering yeah so what were some of your general vibes for this book you know my general impression is that this is really like a, a foundational book of like a lot of ideas so it covers a lot of ground um compared to state of affairs which we read that was the first book i think i ever read with the book club oh wow i yeah. didn't know that so years ago yeah uh and so state of affairs goes into quite a lot of detail. It really focuses on, on the sexual aspects and this topic, this purity culture topic, for example, that we're talking about now. Yeah. And, um, I think that book was so impactful to me in a way that this one just wasn't going to be able to hit because it goes into so much depth and, and nuance state of affairs does yeah. yes yes state of affairs goes into so much depth and nuance and there's more space and yeah I would say this book it seems like is um like it casts a wide net mm -hmm. and state of affairs instead of going wide it goes deep yeah and yeah the, and, yeah and then because that went so deep and it was so impactful and even when the pieces that come up that are triggering because there's nuance it gets explained more fully. And so you can still be seen even yeah, in it. And then, because, you know, without nuance, we're just not seen. And so 
that really inspired me. I was like, man, Esther Perel is incredible. And so that's when I got into her podcasts and her TED Talks and her other work. And so yeah, this book, if you're already really familiar with Esther Perel's work and you haven't yet read this book, yeah, you're going to be like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but like if Esther Perel's work is new to you, I think, yeah, this is a good, starting I think this point. would be like hugely impactful. Yeah. Well, and she just covers so many topics in this book. She talks about like people losing that sense of adventure, people like feeling like you're maybe losing a connection with your partner, parenthood. Um, she talks about like that purity culture aspect she talks about infidelity in fact like one of the things one of the reasons she wrote the state of affairs is she wrote mating in captivity first and then she got so much feedback about the affairs chapter in mating in captivity that she went on to be like oh well i can write a whole book just about that one chapter and so yeah so she went on to write the state of affairs and like i personally think she thrives as an author whenever she's going deep, like I get a lot more out of it. Yeah. Because I think she just has so much more to say. So it's like, I almost want her to write a book for every chapter that she, or at least (laughs) some of the chapters in here. It's like, man, you could write a whole book on that. And I would totally read it. But obviously, uh, at least for me, I'm such like a fan. So uh, Esther Perel, if you're ever listening to this, please contact me immediately. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're so great. Um. Yeah, so let's keep going on. Um, any, uh, I guess, uh, benefits or drawbacks that you want to name for this book? Um, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess benefits for me, what that it's well organized, and then maybe yeah, the drawbacks of it being overly generalized. So yeah, yeah we we covered I kind that of a little covered bit. That yeah, at the same time. Okay, yeah. So we already got there. They're very intertwined. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then let's go into who's this book recommended for. Um, I think I I'm gonna kind of jump ahead again. These are things intertwined a little bit too because we talk about who they're who it's recommended for and who we think the intended audience is. Oh no, never mind. Yeah. I guess I in the group. The consensus among everyone in our conversation was that this isn't really a book that they would recommend for clients. Yeah. Um, and um, it's more a book they would recommend for therapists to read. However, yeah, like I have clients who I hadn't read this book and they had read it on their own. And it was really impactful to the things that they were working through in um, their current partnership and then just individually and how they show up in partnerships in general. And so I think it could be a really good book to recommend for clients. I just think you would have to know your purpose in recommending it and, and, you know, you'd have to know the client and what they're working through and know, you know, just kind of where they're at. Yeah. I also, um, you know, I'll, you would think mating in captivity might be recommended for couple therapists only because it's about coupleship. I really think any, like, even if you're not a couples therapist, I think this can be a really impactful book because 
again, as individuals, whether we're in a relationship or not, we're relational creatures. And so, you know, that's a lot of what we're exploring in the therapy room is how relationships impact us and how we show up in relationships and what other factors influence us. And that's kind of all the things she talks about in this book. Yeah, I think therapists, counselors definitely are going to get something out of this. I, uh, so one of the things that I was saying whenever we were meeting was that, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend this whole book necessarily for clients. Um, there are chapters in this book. So like if you're a therapist who owns this book and you're like, hey, maybe it might be beneficial for you to read this chapter on parenthood, or maybe it might be beneficial for you to read this chapter on um the shadow of the third or like whatever you're uh, thinking they might benefit from, that might be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our other book club attendees said something that stuck out to me too. So Catherine brought up that if you are like, if, if you're a couple that's like maybe more advanced in your relationship, like you have already had kids or you've like already done these certain things, like had these milestones in your relationship, somebody who has a more like has hit a bunch of these, they might get something out of reading this entire book. Um, But otherwise I would say like, maybe just pick and choose the chapters because you might've already worked through that piece in a season, in a season of your relationship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So intended audience as different from recommended. So who did Esther think this I book think was she, written for. I think she says in the beginning of the book a little bit about that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm remembering that basically it's like everyone that's in relationship. Yeah. Or everyone who is thinking about how they are in relationships or wanting to understand themselves in relationships. Yeah. If they're not currently in one. So even like, yeah, individuals can get something out of this because, it, yeah, they're going to want to understand themselves better. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, We will put some uh, links for you in the chat below. Follow us on Instagram um, and Facebook. But until next time, uh, thank you so much. Bye. Bye.